If you use up here, you'd be finding a way to find out from God what what we were supposed to preach, what we were supposed to minister. What it's not that there's all the words good. It's but there's a timing. You gotta you gotta find out what God wants to say that this morning. It's His mouth. I mean, it's my mouth, but it's His His words, and we got to find that out. So, uh, started back last week. We talked about being a finisher. And I just couldn't shake it off this week, so we're going to look at the Scripture here and see if there's anything left to say about that. In verse 29, this powerful Scripture, in verse uh, uh, 29, says, Now there was was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it into his mouth. So he's on the cross, isn't he? When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. The word finished there, it is finished, means to end, as you know, to complete, to execute, to conclude, to accomplish, to make an end, to expire, to fill up, then the word finish, to go over, to pay out, or perform. It means all those things. And it's not even a mystery what finish means. But it means to get to the end of a thing. It means to put it aside and complete it. And that's what the Lord wants out of our lives. So much of our lives are lived on in the day. We can just get through this day or through this situation. But He really wants us to do more than that. He wants to take every situation, whether it's a great thing or it's a uh, 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 an affliction, he wants us to be finishers in whatever he starts. And I have found that uh, there's a grace in finishing. Y'all, we like to finish. Even people that uh, 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 in the race, in these marathons that they have, they have a DNF. And it's the worst thing that you can have is a DNF. Is that what it is? Did not finish. And you just don't want that on your life or in a race, even if nobody knows. Nobody knows. DNF did not finish. But I'm going to submit to you that maybe many, many Christians, maybe even a lot of Christians, maybe even most Christians concerning the will of God and the plan of God for their life have a DNF when they leave this world. Don't even know there is a race that they're supposed to be in, so they certainly didn't even enter much less finish. There's a grace to finish. It takes a grace. Because as soon as you start something, the devil, the world, the curse that's in this world, sin, and then just a natural human inclination to get bored and want to start something else. I have succumbed to that many times where I was in a race for the Lord and it got boring. Yeah, buddy, it was boring. It was just nothing was happening. We were just running this thing over and over, and so you get into other things because you're bored. And then you get a DNF, a did not finish, uh, the thing that God started, and it's not good. Hallelujah. But there's a grace to finish. It takes a grace to finish. It takes a grace to raise your children to finish. It's real easy to make a baby. That's not the hard part. That's the easy part. It's, it's, It's the finishing part. And so many families do not, uh, parents do not finish raising their children because they get bored or they give up. They just, or, or they get distracted, you could say, and they don't finish. And then their children then have that same inclination in them about their children that this is how it's done. Y'all see the pattern everywhere, don't we? 
Hallelujah. So uh, there is no grace for just letting your life play out. And I'm going to submit to you this morning that most Christians are in a just let your life play out. In other words, we will see what's going to happen. Instead of steering it, they're just following it. And it's, 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 it's not good because it takes grace to finish. And if you have a just let it play out attitude, we'll just see how this is going to go. What are you going to do in 2019? Well, we're just going to float along and coast and see, see how it goes. Well, you don't have to wait. I can tell you right now how it's going to go. It'll go just like it did last year and the year before, That you, if anybody did that. There's no grace, and therefore you'll be just like the world. It'll be no different. But everybody loves the finisher. You know, there's stories about even these marathons where people went through excruciating circumstances in the race, uh, whether physically or mentally or just, you know, something happened and, uh, and uh, somehow, some way, uh, maybe there was a handicap or a challenge. Somehow, even the next day, they trip across the line. You know, the last person, the next to last person's been across for hours, but they wanted to finish the race. And sometimes that's what you got to do. Everybody has to do it at some time, but sometimes you have to enter in for a while to finish the, the race. You cannot just let life play out. We don't give much attention to the starters. You know, that's when the camera comes on in like the Boston Marathon or the whatever other mar marathons there are. Is there a New York Marathon? Is there a uh, that, you, there, there may be a Manville Marathon, and I'm just not in touch, hallelujah. But uh, the camera's on, and there's a, just a flood of people. We get this in NASCAR, we get this in, in, in uh, uh, Indy, all these things. They, it's the starters, everybody's in it. Not much attention given to individuals in the start, because everybody's starting at the beginning. But it's the end that we're always wondering. It doesn't do much good to watch Alabama football for three quarters. Just tune in in quarter four. You can tell because they're all holding up their fingers. This is when you tune in, and that's when you release all your faith and your hopes and all your emotions, and you just, you know, and it will be a ride. It will be a ride. It's rarely just something you can coast to watch Alabama football. Um, but grace is something that we all have to have to finish. And to know that you got to finish, you got to know that you got to start. If you would turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. I want to introduce some things to you this morning that'll inspire you to make you want to be strong. It's hard to be inspired to be strong when you're bored. When you just think life is just something to be endured, 2 Peter, something that we're just in and we're waiting for something exciting to happen. Even, even if it's negative, we'll have something to rise up for. But that's not the way life's supposed to be. And we got to adapt as Christians. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Look what the New Testament says. Look what the, the, the Word of God says. Wherefore the rather brethren... So he's, he's talking... He's in a discourse here. We're, 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 we're coming in in the middle of the movie. Wherefore the rather brethren... Give diligence. When he says rather there, he says there's a way of thinking that's wrong. Let me tell you the way that you should think. Rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Why, Peter? For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. 
So point to yourself with me and say, hey, you, you? make your calling, make your your election, make them sure. sure. Don't ever fall. fall. That's how you do it. You go, well, I'd rather climb every mountain and swim every sea. I'd rather work hard and and uh, and uh, do something that's. That takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of energy. I want to be, I want the Lord to see me working. You won't catch up to the guy that just spent some time in prayer and said, Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? I can show you scripture after scripture. We could take the whole morning showing you where the Lord knew you before your mother did. Before time began, before the world was. He knew you and set you apart then. You are a spirit in heaven, uh, wherever God is, that, that place. And uh, when your parents conceived a body, he assigned you and put you in that body. Gender was up to them. I mean, of course, he, he, he assigned you according to the calling on your life and said, well, you need to be this gender or that. You need to be in this nation or that. You need to be in this generation or that. The assignment is his, but the parents... That's, they're the ones that gave you your body, your personality, your whatever, your whatever. And it's up to then us to use our faith to adjust that. If you've if you're, uh, got a bad personality, you don't have to live with that. You have to adjust it with faith. Right? Whatever you're lacking in your natural personality, your natural abilities, you have to, get, you have to equalize that with faith. You have to get in there. So there's this calling on your life, and the Lord originated it. And it's specific, and it's unique, and it's tailor-made to you because you have a different situation. You have brothers nobody else has. You have sisters nobody else has. You, you went through situations and circumstances, and then you married someone, whether that was the will of God or not. We married somebody often, and uh, uh, Paul said, I'd rather you not marry. He said, I'd rather you just stay single. He said, it'll be better for you. But then, but then he, he made provision for that, for that. He said, it's better to marry than to burn. He went into provision. He said, you're, you're going to have to pay attention to her instead of me, to, instead of the Lord, if you get married. So all sorts of things where we just say, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to have to marry. I can serve him better married than I can not married. We have to all work that out according to the plan and the will of God that he's put on your life. But if you don't know that plan, you're in, you're in trouble. You're the leaf on the river that never knows. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. I want to talk about this calling on our lives. It'd be a shame to live every day not knowing what you were supposed to be doing. I think of Helen Keller being so handicapped, so hindered, so limited in her natural abilities. Her body, she could not see, she could not hear, and she could therefore not speak. Uh, because she couldn't hear, she couldn't articulate. What a limited little life she had. And that's the way a lot of Christians are. You go, well, I, I'm athletic, and I'm smart, and I'm intelligent, and I have a bubbly personality, and I'm running for office, and I'm the, I'm the head of this and the, the facilitator for that. Well, yay, wow, that's just life. That's, that's what you do as a default in life. You just flow with what comes. You choose this, you choose that. Choose to get married over here. You choose to work over here. You choose to get a Toyota or a, or a Cadillac. You just, we got lots of choices. And all of it, though, when it uh, goes its different course of whatever we do, it all dumps back into one spot. It's like every road leads back to the will of God. 
You can't get away from it. It's always going to be there, and you've got you to deal with it because that's the thing that matters. In Matthew 25, you know this parable. We use it all the time because it is just rich. And the Lord Jesus himself told this. He said, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. So right there, you know he's talking about himself. You know he's talking about going to heaven someday or leaving us here. There's lots of stories here and lots of lessons here, but one of them you just can't miss. It's talking about him who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. How many of y'all know we got his goods? We have authority over everything, every living thing and every carnal thing. We have authority over it. But right here you can see there's an impartation. The Passion Translation says, Heaven's kingdom realm is like the wealthy man who went on a long journey and summoned all his trusted servants and assigned his financial management over them. Now, tell me if that's not a calling. You're a bondman. You work for the boss. And one day he says, you know, I got a, I got a business deal and I got to go and I'm going to be gone quite a while. And uh, but y'all, I've trained you in everything that, you know, you're capable. I understand you. I'm going to give you I'm going to divide my wealth up to you. Apparently, there was eight portions. Um, I think uh, one translation says that uh, a talent was worth about $5,000. So there was quite a bit there, $25,000, whatever. It was a sum to do the work. But there's no doubt you can see there was a calling on these men. It wasn't like, if you want to, if, it, if, it, if it's handy... This is their whole job. They're bondmen. They owe this master, and they're in his service, and there's no doubt there's going to be a, an accountability at the end. He's not, this, isn't a, this isn't a gift. He's saying, well, y'all, we, I just met you, and y'all are hungry. Here, go and be filled. No, there's an accountability here. We're giving out a lot of stuff, and we expect something to happen. So all three men received a call on their lives, and the call was to finish. Do y'all get that out of this, what we've just read here? There's an understanding, a, a default there that says, this is, this is real. You're going to have to finish. I'm calling you. I'm giving you and telling you to do my business. Uh, the master had the plan. He gave him the plan. He trained him in the plan. And then he left. And so these bondmen had an accountability. In verse 15, it says, and unto one he gave five talents to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. I love this verse 15. The uh, Amplified says, to one he gave five talents, probably about $5,000. So I guess it was $1,000 was a talent. To another two, to another one, to each in proportion to his own personal ability. I think fathers like that. I think according to who you, the calling on your life, he makes some people, he gives them abilities. Listen, he was smart. He, he didn't assign me to sing for anybody because there is no gift. There is no ability. There, it is on a scale of zero to one, it's zero. <laughs> it's nothing. I don't even like to hear myself sing. They say, make a joyful nose. It hurts. <laughs> So he, I didn't get it, and I'm not assigned to it, and I don't pursue it. 
And I'm not even in faith about it. I, I mean, as far as making my living or doing something like that. I'll try to sing along with Deborah. She sings real good, and I just love when they turn the music up loud because I'm lost in it and I can do my thing. But I understand that when people are singing, I cannot tell if I'm on... I can't tell if I'm singing the right note or not. I can't even tell. I, 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 you'd think I could, but I couldn't. I can't. I have tone deaf or whatever. So my point being here is... is my ability has got to line up with something I've already got or can gain. And that's what exactly has happened to you and I. Now, you say, well, I don't speak well, so he's never going to call me to speak well. I was terrified. I was petrified to be uh, put up in front of people. I've always been shy. I've always been an introvert. But he said, I want you to teach this uh, adult one Sunday school class in the Baptist church. And I did. And it just grew. So even even uh, Moses said, I can't speak. And the Lord said, ah, we can fix that. Amen. So it's not that. It's what you got naturally. So uh, he gave them this thing according to their personal ability. The word ability there in the, in the Greek is dunamis. We all know that's the word power. According to their several power, their several ability. It's also translated capacity. How much can you and I hold? Sometimes I sit down in counseling or sharing, whatever you call it, with somebody, and you could tell that they need a lot of stuff. They don't have a basis or a foundation for, for solving their problem. So you begin to build one in there, but you can tell in just a little bit they've lost you. Why is that? It's because they can't hold much. Y'all know here at River Church, y'all can hold a lot. You know, the Lord Jesus, well, in Hebrews, it, uh, we read it last week where he, he talked about, uh, said, you, you ought to be teachers, but we're having to put milk in you because you can't chew meat. You can't, you can't do anything. You don't have any capacity. You've not enlarged yourself. You've not opened yourself up to understand revelation. Hard things is what he said in uh uh, in the Gospels, Jesus said, I got many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. Well, I don't want him to say that about me. I can't bear everything that he's got, but the things that he needs to tell me now, I need to be able to handle them. So when he tells you and I to do something, we're not arguing with him. We're not fussing with him. We're not whining and carrying on, Lord, I can't do that. And just make a mess of your life. You just got to collect yourself and say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Whatever he called me to do, there's a grace to do it, and I'll just enter into it. Right now, I don't have that grace, but I'm going to enter into the grace to do what he called me to do. That's when you have a capacity. So he gave them a portion to their capacity. He didn't give the one-talent man three talents. It was beyond his capacity, beyond his power. And everyone in here has got a call on your life, got a... a a blueprint, a strategy that God's laid out for you, and then he's given you ability and said, develop it. And that's our whole thing. This passage right here describes River Church is to increase our capacity. I don't have the answers, but I know he who does. And my job, if I have one, is to, is to somehow get us all where we are enlarged in our capacity that he can put his word, his calling, his ability, his grace in each one of us. To not let anyone be dependent on me. Lots of churches are that way. 
They they get it where you have to go to pastor to have un, you know he's the only one that understands things he's the only one that knows because uh, and he keeps it that way and he keeps it out there kind of milky and keeps it out there kind of basic so that everything that's hard and comes up on the people he's not trained them to solve them their problems he's got it where they have to come to him that's a very dangerous thing in the kingdom teachers are going to be judged with a stricter judgment. Because we got to teach people to teach people. It says in Timothy, uh, uh, I'm teaching you so you can teach others. And that's what we're doing here is we're enlarging our capacity. So that's what this, uh, this whole thing was. He gave five, three, uh, five, two, and one according to their ability, what they already had. And he knew that they would be enlarged with that. Uh, uh, it was fair. Do you all think that he was fair? The master was fair. He did what was right. Then it says in verse 16, Then he that received the five went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. That was his assignment. Anybody in here got an assignment? We all got an assignment. You go, well, I don't have much. Well, if you've got one, you've got an assignment. And we all have one. Even in my lack of musical ability, and it is, it is a dearth, it is a, it's terrible, I give it all I got. I can, I can make the doorknob turn in the bathroom shower. It sits there and it vibrates. It, it's hurting, it's crying, it's, it's wailing, but I can, you know, we just give what we got. And the Lord does what he can with it. Hallelujah. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Uh, the first two embraced their assignment. I'm going to say they started. They started. And the Bible says they went and traded, and over a course of time, what they did with their master's talent that he gave to them, they got to finish. We'll see where they finished. But they both started. The difference between number one, five, and number two, two, in number uh, three, number that had the one talent, is that he, verse 18, he hid his Lord's money. He refused to start. Point yourself with me and say, hey, you, you. always start. You got to start. There is no finish. The glory is in the finish, but there is no finish if you don't start. And you cannot start in the kingdom until you have revelation about the call, the assignment, what's on you. You can't finish unless you start. And many, many Christians, let's just, let's just divide it up here. Many Christians never start because they don't know what it is they're to do. And they don't, because they don't have a capacity. They don't have an ability to download the calling of God. Why they're, the Lord can't talk to them about a calling if you can't get them to church. If you can't get them to read the Bible. If you can't get them to, 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 to pray. Can't get them to do anything. They have a very small capacity. Trace, our, our, our littlest, youngest member, is just 10 months old. He doesn't have much capacity. He's got every muscle, every nerve, every tendon and joint that you and I have, but he has a small capacity. We all were there at one time ourselves, every one of us. And now look at us. But I can show you some 80-year-old babies that although they can walk to the refrigerator and, and, and they can click the remote, they have no capacity, spiritually speaking. Do you all know those people? And you go, my word, 
my word, you, you don't know anything. You, you're not doing anything. It's because they never started. So verse 18 says, he hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of these servants cometh and reckoneth with him. And of course, this is a type that he's telling the Jews in his uh, uh, meeting here that I'm coming back. I'm going to leave and I'm going to come back. And you have better have done something with what I gave you. He that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I gained five beside uh, beside them five talents more. Now look in verse 21. It says, uh, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I want you to notice there was promotion in the master's house. When we start and engage our calling, there's a finish that brings promotion. There's a great difference. We're going to see it in just a moment. There's a great difference between finishing your assignment and not ever starting your assignment. Let's go on. He said the same thing in verse 22. Verse 23, uh, verse 24, Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord... I knew that you're a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed. I was afraid. I wonder how many Christians, I wonder how many of us in this room, fail to start because we're afraid it'll be too hard. It takes a grace to finish. And if you look at your own life right now and say, you know, I just don't have what it takes to finish, then you're looking at your life without the grace. There's a grace when you start the grace comes to finish. Real good point. When you start, there's a grace that comes that did not come until you started. It comes to finish. There's the glory comes at the finish, not at the start, not even in the running. It comes at the end. And so verse 25, he said, I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth and lo there hast thou is thine. Let's notice here that uh, the Lord was unwilling. Well, we'll read the next verse. He answered and said, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gather where I have not strawn. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers at the bank. Of, um, I believe I have that... Uh, in the Passion, it says, Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? Then I would have received it all back with interest when I returned. So we see here the master is demanding. It's not an invitation. It's a demand to deal with your talent. You hadn't got much? We see here he'll reward whatever he gives you if it started. Receive grace and finish. I could even get a blessing from God on my singing if I just start. Even little old me, I could get something, but i got to start. There's, there'll be a grace that'll come. There's a great difference. Look at this difference, y'all. This is the point I'm making this whole morning. There's a great difference between the man that started, the two servants that started, and the man that did not do anything with this talent. He said, if you just put it into play, and then took off, I could have done something with it. If you just put it at the bank. In other words, if you just went to church, if you just prayed, 
if you just read scripture, if you just read the Bible, if you just fellowship with people of like precious faith, I would have had interest on my talent. But you, you went to the bar and then you stayed in all day and you, 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 you didn't do anything with what I gave. There was a great difference. He didn't just say, okay, that's all right. You don't get anything. Look what he said in verse, uh, verse, uh, 30, cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's not an option to do nothing. Y'all say amen. Look at the reward. In verse 29, it says, unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. He shall have abundance. To everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. Um, I don't think, let's see if I wrote that verse down. Yeah, in the Amplified, for to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will be furnished richly so that he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have will be taken away. There's a wide gap, a wide gap between the starters and the non-starters. Well, you say, well, I just didn't know. I was all my life. My folks didn't bring me to church. I didn't know to go to church. I didn't know this was there. Ah, ah, we're all servants, and we're all bought with a price and not our own. We're not our own. I'm not my own. The Bible says you're bought with a price, not your own. Therefore, glorify God with your body. We have to find. Romans tells us that no man is without excuse, that the heavenlies, and the, and the world itself, Romans 1, tells us that everyone can see God and call out for Him. No one's without. You don't know Him, don't know His name, doesn't know how it works. But when you call out for Him, saying there's, there's got to be a God. This can't be, I'm, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God will answer with His grace. Turn with me to Samuel, if you would. First uh, Samuel. Uh, I forget what page it's on. You'll just have to look. It's way back there. I'm looking this morning because we're strengthening ourselves. We're getting ourselves strong for the day that we live in and the day that's yet to come. You're going to be so glad you're strong in the day of conflict. You'll be the head and not the tail then. You'll be above only and not beneath. You'll be blessed in your coming in and your going out. It's like paying for an insurance policy. Doggone, you wish you'd mailed that little premium in when the tree is on your roof. Boy, you wish you'd mailed that in. But they won't accept it now. There's no payout. you got to pay it up front. Nobody wants to pay up front, but oh, how important. It says in 1 Samuel 15, verse 17, the story here is, is that Saul has been made king. Saul was given instructions to go and smite the Amalekites. I think that's who it is. And uh, specifically, God told Saul, the king, to take everything out. These were heathen people. And he didn't want any women or he didn't want any children left that would grow up and come back and, uh, or that would marry into these people and bring their heathen ways. So he told Saul specifically, Everything's got to go. The oxen, the, the sheep, the everything, the children, everybody's got to go from this nation. 
Now, you might not agree with that, that God wanted to kill people, but I want to remind you all the principle of the, of the heavenlies, especially in the Old Testament, He's a delivering God. And so he, he does whatever it takes to get the righteous delivered. That's how come Noah got away. That's how come Abraham got away. He's a delivering God. And so here the story is, is, is uh, Saul's been told what to do. And Samuel in verse 17 said, the prophet said, When thou was little in thine own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey. Remember, calling. And said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but did fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? Did evil. What did Saul do that was so evil? Well, he didn't kill everybody. And God said, that's evil. Well, was it a moral thing that Saul needed to weigh in on, well, these people are good and these people are not good. It was the word of the Lord. Point yourself and say, hey, you, <laughs> you should always obey the word of the Lord. There is nothing else. Well, you don't have anything. There's no, there's no like, well, let me weigh in on that. Some people think, well, about the tithe. I don't think that's right, and I don't think this is right, and, you know, the Bible and this, that. It doesn't matter. It's the Word of the Lord, and we, do, we, do, we don't judge that. So he goes on here, and uh, where am I? Let's see here. Uh, verse 20. And Saul said unto Samuel the prophet, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. That's classic. And have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoils, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things, which should have been utterly destroyed. Why? To sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. So Saul had a, he tweaked the plan of God. Now I want you and I to remember, we're all tweakers. We all adjust the word of the Lord and give a yeah, but, or I can do this better. My situ We're all the exception. We're all the exception. I know what the word says, but my, my situation is different. We've all done it. I, if I'm not chief, I'm right there to say, I hear what you say, but look. <laughs> and the Lord never does. He never looks. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. To hearken than the fat of rams. To sacrifice. Lord, I'll do without food. I'll fast for 40 days. Uh, I had a man in my family that when I was young, he did not tithe, but he mowed the church grass. Y'all know what that means. He he uh, he he was uh, the fat of rams. He was he was working off his tithe. We've all done it. Oh my! For rebellion, verse twenty three. Re for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. That's powerful, right there. If you go into the Old Testament where we already are and you find out what God says about witchcraft, it's appalling. I mean, it's amazing. 
what he says to do to witches and warlocks and the things that uh, and the diviners cut them up and Saul said into oh, well that that's where he uh, he tries to repent and the Lord doesn't take it now this is old testament so we can't take everything as literal as we could in the new testament but it's there in the Matthew chapter 25 where he said the boy that buried his talent the the he could say the Christian that just sat on it just was a, uh, uh, he enjoyed being a spectator. He loved to listen to the singing and the gospel music, and he, he even liked to go to church, but he never did do anything. We've been here for 20-something years, and we've had quite a few people come through that never did do anything. It's not my judgment. I don't care. It's not my, you know, the Lord sends somebody else when they won't do what we have to be done. But there was an opportunity, and they should have been in their place. I said, there's a place for everybody in the kingdom. You fit. Just because someone's filling it doesn't mean that you don't fit there. They're just filling it until you show up. Amen. So we fit. So Saul tweaked the call of God, the course of God uh, that he had set out for him. He tweaked his assignment. He didn't know what the destination was. Uh, truly, because uh, 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 because he spared, I believe it is that because he spared some of Agag's sons, that they came back later and defeated Israel. I should have checked on that, but I believe that's right. Uh, he let the, that one get away, and it came back and bit him. You know, God was right. Hallelujah. So the glory of finishing, which is what I want, I do not want a DNF. I do not want to go to heaven. He goes, ah, here comes a DNF. Whew, I gave him bunches of stuff, and then I opened up doors, I put him in the church, I gave him revelation, I funded him, I answered his prayers for his mother-in-law, I took care of this trouble over here, I healed him when there was trouble over here, I took care of everything, and he went fishing, he went golfing, he went skydiving, he went, he just paid me no mind, and I just don't know what else to do. So I'll send somebody to him that says, thus saith the Lord. Sometimes that river church, it's a thus saith the Lord. You don't know how many times the Lord is speaking to each one of us. He's spoken to me many times from here. I hear things and I'm like, woo, that hurt. But it felt good in the other hand. You know, I got delivered. You just don't know when the Lord's speaking. Uh, they told me that uh, uh, Brother Copeland, who I guess he's 82 years old right now, when he was just 72, when he was just a pup, he's having joint trouble having all sorts of joint problems. And he said, Lord, you know, I'm beseeching you to take care of this and heal this. And contrary to how most people think about healing, certainly uh, the church, they said, Lord, would just healing. But the Lord said, "There's you drink too much coffee. There's a tar or something. I don't remember what the testimony. There's something in coffee that affects your joints. So he said, I quit coffee and my joints all got better. We go, well, how's that work? Well, you got to hear the voice of the Lord. you got to be in position to run your assignment. Well, Lord, I can't run my assignment because my joints hurt. Well, you got to call upon the name of the Lord. Matter of fact, in Jeremiah 29, listen to this scripture. You know this scripture. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. But listen to this, the next verse, which we never read. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Somebody says, I don't know the will of God. 
They just haven't called upon the name of the Lord. And ye shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Have you found him? If you hadn't found him, we didn't seek for him with all our heart. You don't know the call of God on your life. You don't know the assignment. And I'm not talking about the whole thing. I'm not talking about God saying someday when you're, you know, I'm going to send you to Malaysia and you're going to preach. to. It might not get that big. He may just say, I want you to read through the Bible this year. And I need you to be praying every day. And I got, you know, he's going to give you the first steps. And if you can't do the first steps, there's no need in talking about Malaysia or the great anointing that's coming. He, the, the given is, is I will fund you for whatever I call you to. And I'll work it out with your family. Oh, Lord, I couldn't because I got family and they need me. Well, sure they do. As long as you're there, they need you. you. You Don't be a slug. Be helpful to your family. Be helpful. Make Do what's right. But if you leave, somebody else will come in and do what you are doing. You're not the only one that can do all that you do. If he has need of you, he will replace you or change it in a way where it's okay to go. I tell you, in 1980, we got the Holy Ghost on January 1st, and in the third week of January, we opened our home for a Bible study because we were so excited about speaking in tongues and having this Holy Ghost experience. We were ecstatic. You've never seen two people like us that just went, we were, we were hard to be around. We went to Bible studies late at night, our prayer meetings. We'd go to Abilene to hear somebody, anybody, we just anything. And we had, we had not been married that long, uh, uh, since 73. And we had, uh, what you call early Newcomb furnishings. That was everybody else's house that they say, well, I could get me a new couch and you could have that dog. I mean, that blessing over there. And so we'd go in there, recover it and, you know, stain it and all, just like everybody. And we opened up our house. It was a, it was a, it's nice. You know, we have nice, but it was, it was all used. And the Lord started blessing us. We started getting new furniture, got a new piano, got our house remodeled. I mean, he just started pouring it out when we opened our home. We could have said, and you know, Lord, we don't have a nice house. Ah, it was the path to get a nice house. I've been in Tuscaloosa 20-something years, and every house I've had, not by my design, every house I've had has been brand new. I just realized that the other day, that he instructed us on every one which, which way to go. Now, that's, no, that's nothing to say about you and what God's led you. I'm just saying, for whatever reason, I don't even know. I've had three new houses in this town. But I, let me tell you, many times, me and the girl tried to buy a double wide. I've, I've put down, I've still got $280 deposit on a lot down here on Bear Creek Road off of Old Marion. I put money down on the lot that I wanted, and we went shopping. Out of, out of where I, in Hinton Place where I live, we, that was going to be our next house because we were, we, whatever it took to stay here, whatever it took to, to make it work financially, whatever, we put Isaac on the altar and raised the knife. Wow. And it's not even like, oh, yeah, we'll sacrifice. I like a mobile home. I've lived in a mobile home, and I, I think they're fine. Even in Alabama, crazy place. I'm just telling you this to tell you, not because of me, but just to say, when you got an assignment, you got to finish. I sold my Suburban in 1986. I sold my Suburban, went and bought me a used, it was a wreck car that they'd refurnished. 
so that we could keep the church going because I got to finish. No DNFs on Michael Billings. You got to finish. You go, well, God, if God was in it, he'd just, he'd just send you the money. I wish that were true. I wish that's the way it worked. But many times he says, go here and go there. Quit drinking coffee and your joints will clear up. Amen. Quit drinking caffeine or whatever. I've heard that Brother Hagen asked him, said, God, I, I can't drink coffee. Either I've got an allergy to it or something. And I want you to heal me of that. And the Lord said, no, you don't need coffee. I don't get that. But that's the man was happy ever after. Amen. So we've got to find the will. Let me read this out of Acts and we'll finish here. Uh, Acts 7.27, the Amplified says, So that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel after him and find him. We should find him. Y'all, it's not enough to just go to church and be happy. And I am. I'm going to church and I'm happy. I think you are too. We've got to find him. You've got to find the assignment on your life. Yeah. Well, I'm just called to, to, to be a witness and a testimony. Absolutely. But you've got to be open to the turn. There's a turn in every one of our lives. It is not going to stay the same. The one thing that never changes in the kingdom of God is that it never stays the same. It never stays the same. There is change coming to your life. Point yourself with me and say, change is coming. Change is coming. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Change is coming. And if you don't prepare for it, it's not going to go the way you want to necessarily. But it is coming. There's a place that's coming in your life where you will have to choose. In the highway, in the, in the map book, they call it a T. You come to a stop and you go left or you go right. You can't get going straight. you got to go left or right. Or the Y. you got to make a decision. It's coming. Revelation will put you in the driver's seat and it'll be better than you ever were. Well, I took that $3,000 and came to Alabama. Miracle after miracle after financial miracle came into our lives. Things I could just go on and on and tell you how the Lord supplied for us. I can't even remember all the things, but I'll tell you, our $3,000 never ran out. And we had a $500 suburban payment. We had a $1,100 house payment. Our U-Haul bill was $1,200. On and on and on. We had Eric to put in school. He was an eighth grader. All that stuff. And I'm just telling you. We just never missed it. it. Something would open up. And it'll do that. It's doing that for you. All of you have that same testimony. I'm just the one speaking this morning. There's only reason it's different. Uh, Romans 8, 14 for, says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Woohoo! Let's put on some sonship here at River Church. Let's put on some sonship that, bless God, I know the Father's business because I'm a son. I am not the, I'm not the dock worker, and I'm not the, the road sweeper. I am a son. I'm in the office with the Father, and we are navigating and dominating this earth system to go according to his strategy and plan. I have a place. You have a place. The Bible says that he sets the members in the body severally as it has pleased him. Well, I want to be a singer. I love to sing. I mean, I love, I would love, wouldn't that be great? There are no musicians in my whole family, though, so I, I got the, I, I you know, I'm not adopted, I'm sure now. <laughs> but uh, you got to go with what he's given you. You got to go with the calling on your life. Um, Romans eight twenty six says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. 
Do you all know he helps us in our weaknesses? It says infirmities in the King James, but this is uh, the New Living, and it says weaknesses, which is accurate. And for example, it says, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I'm praying out the plan. I'm praying out the plan, y'all. You got to pray out the plan. Well, I don't know the will of God. You got to pray out the plan. You got to seek him with all your heart. Well, I prayed 10 minutes last week in the Holy Ghost. It might take 10 more. It might take 10 every day. It might take 30 every day. You you just start out where you can. Give her five minutes. Give her two minutes. Give her 30 seconds and pray in the Holy Ghost in the garage. Just go out in the garage and circle the car four times. And you'll go, well, nothing happened. Oh, it did. You just hadn't heard the answer yet. We give email that long. We give, certainly give snail mail that long. Give God till the afternoon or the next morning to tell you what the new change is, where the turn is that's coming, and you'll be ready for it. You'll have a sense about things. You'll have a confidence about things. You'll tell somebody, I think there's something coming up in my life. Well, how can you know that? Well, if you look into your life, you prayed in the Holy Ghost and the will of God. All things begin to work for good. Isn't that what it says in Romans 8? All things work together for good. It'll start working for your good. It'll start turning. You'll start knowing. And there's nothing like a confidence in the future that makes you happy. The only time you and I are unhappy was when we don't know what's fixing to happen. I wish I knew what was going to happen. I, I, I could handle it if I knew, no matter if it's good or bad. You need to know the future. I read this morning in, uh, y'all, y'all reading... Y'all reading Matthew this week? Anybody going to read Matthew 6 today? Hallelujah. We're on it. We're on it. Ah, that's not enough scripture. Ah, You're right. But if we all start there, we can stay there. We'll start there, and then you'll slip over and say, well, I read my Matthew 6 this morning, but I'm going to slip back and read me a little uh, 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 Galatians or maybe a little Revelation. It'll give you a hunger. Amen. So where was I? Well, you, you'll start praying out the Holy Ghost. So you're just going down to fill up your car. You're going to get your kids. You're whatever you're doing. It's, 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 better, than, it's better than rock and roll. <laughs> it's better than country music. It's, it's, it's good stuff. You'll know what you didn't know. So you can do what you couldn't do, and you'll have what you didn't have. I wish it was harder than that. I'd like to go to work for God and be a missionary and make tapes all day and, and you know, and, and go ahead, knock yourself out. But you know that old story about people that work all their life climbing the corporate ladder and get to the top of it and look around and say, ooh, wrong ladder. <laughs> you got to be on the right ladder. Oh, I could go on this forever. You know we could. Isn't Jesus wonderful? I'm going to read the scripture in Matthew just one more time because I like it so much. Uh, it says, and to everyone that hath shall be given. I want to remind you that gravity will have to fail before that scripture will not work. I want to tell you the sun cannot come up tomorrow if this scripture does not play out right. And he shall have abundance. Uh, All I have to do is have something. All I have to do is start. 
All I have to do is start. Now listen, if you're at River Church this morning, if you're a part of River Church, we are starting around here. It's hard to be in this church and just sit there like a lump on the log. You get a little uncomfortable around here like, ah. <laughs> Holy Ghost is here. He's talking, saying, let's go do something. Let's go do something. I've got to finish the prescription, and then we'll go. But from him that hath not shall be taken away, even which he hath. Well, we could have left that one off. Hallelujah. Ah, oh, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. Let's lift our hands right now to him, Lord. Father, we just thank you right now that you are a good father, and you are telling us the father's business. There is nothing hidden that shall not be brought to the light. Lord, we know your business. We even know everything but the day and the hour of when the Lord Jesus will come back. We know the time of his coming. We'll know it when it comes. Hallelujah. We will not be as those that are in darkness. So, Lord, how much more will we know your assignment for our life? In the name of Jesus, we corporately engage the plan for River Church. We get on board. We flow. We go. We do our part. Hallelujah. And it works. And Lord, every one of us individually, say, that's me. Every one of us individually, I pray now that in the name of Jesus, you will show us the next step. You will show us what is about to come. And we'll be ready for it. And it'll be easy. It will not be crisis. It will not be hard. We will flow with you till the end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lisa, it's going to be an exciting year for you in the name of Jesus. I tell you that the trouble is over, but you will have to maintain a vigilance. A vigilance. That's the word I got. The vigilance about you, who you are in him. But the trouble is over. You have whipped the trouble for this season. Hallelujah. And you're strong in that. Hallelujah. And Joy and Pam, I'll tell you that your time... Your, 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 I see that your sails were down. They were down. I saw them like a mast. I don't know much about them, but they were wrapped around the mast. And your sails were down, and you're just floating along, floating along. I mean, you're in, you're in, the, you're in the river, but you're floating along. And suddenly, you and Joy said, enough of this. And you all strapped that sail to the mainstay or the main, the crossbar thing and tied it down, and the wind came by. And it's carrying y'all to y'all's place. You are not behind and you are not unqualified. You are God's chosen for this hour. And good stuff, good stuff is in your path. I'm telling you, hallelujah. And for Barry and Melissa, I will tell you the sacrifices you make are not the ones that are, the ones that are qualifying you are not the ones that are natural and physical, but they are in the heart. Because you have said, I will, in your heart, sort of a blank check, as it were, unto God, saying, I'll sign it, and you fill it in. The heart, not the drive, not the, the lots of things. The lots of things that can go wrong. Can you all imagine how much could go wrong if you were trying to come from Mississippi an hour and ten minutes every, twice a week? How the devil could say, you know, I can work with this. And you all have just pressed in. You all know they never miss. But I'm telling you, that's all me. But I'm telling you by the Lord, the heart that you said yes opened. I saw a bunch of doors just open up, electric door things that just opened up, and every door opened. 
It's like it's never, it's, it's, it's like nothing you've ever seen before. The doors are open. Woohoo! Open doors are always good. Yeah. Yay, Lord, yay. What about you, Justin? What about 2019 for Justin Taylor? Hallelujah. It'll be easy. It'll, the Lord says it'll be easy. Because decision is the place of power, and you have decided. And in your decision, the power's been released, and you go, well, I thought this would be hard, and I thought everybody would be against me, and I thought this would be fall on my head. It'll be easy because you have released the power while your decisions. Faith opens the, the path open to you. So even though there'll be challenges to you, you've already decided, and it will be good. It'll be the year you never. What about Miss Darlene? Let's just, let's just see if there's anything there for her. Ah, ah, ah. There's a coming together in your heart. A piece that's been over here, a piece that's been over there, the fragment over here. And, uh, but this last year, you've just settled down and put the pieces in one place. And Jesus has been Lord in a different venue this year than he has last, the year before. Lots of, uh, Lots of hesitation, lots of uh, timidity. But those things are now fell off your life. You have tried the Lord, you have tested His Word, and He has been found faithful in your heart. And I'm telling you, there are doors that you don't even, as much as you think you would be qualified, yet until you step in, you would not, but now you will. You will. The Lord's going to send you a door, a door to open. And it's going to open some other things. But there's a door coming that you're going to go, that's a door from God. A door from God. Not a door from persons, people. A door from God. It may involve people, but it's going to be from Him. You're going to say, this came from God. I want to qualify that, that it's not, you know, it's, it's not people. Like, I'm going to sell you this car. I'm going to make you. It's going to be a thing you said, God sent this. Amen. Amen. And you're going to be glad. You're going to be glad. It's going to be answered prayer, an answered heart to you. It's going to be glad. Amen. Amen. There's money coming to you too. I feel like Steve Sampson now. <laughs> ah, money. What about money? What about money? Hallelujah. Engadeh so gidiato said a money, 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 money. It's going to be money that you did not expect. It's not going to be from your job. It's not going to be from your employment. It's going to be money that you did not. It's going to be like that $9,000 that God sent me. It was like somebody said, just wanted to bless you. Somebody's going to send you some money or something. There's going to be an impartation of money into your life. I got that. I know that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, amen. Doggone. Jesus is so good. Well, y'all pray this month with me. Just We won't meet, but we'll pray. Let's just pray. As you read your scriptures, take a, after you finish Matthew 6 and Matthew 7 and whatever, then just take a minute after that and just pray in the Holy Ghost and uh, attach that to it. In other words, we're going to increase our capacity this year. I know all y'all are reading more than one chapter a day, but that'll put us all on the same page on that, and then we'll have a event where we stopped and read a scripture, a chapter, then, then just stop and just pray in the Holy Ghost. Just pray for one minute or two, and then whatever you got time for. It's going to change. This is our year for River Church. This is our year. 
I'm going to tell you, we've, we've never been so least and we've never been so most at the same time. It, it, it looks, if you look at this with your eyes, you'll cry. But, amen. Lord, I thank you for this people. What a wonderful people. What a blessed people. What a gift from God to have you on us in this way. We ask you to increase us in 19. Lord, if we had one prayer, Lord, it was that you would show yourself strong into us. We want to go with you. And Lord, everywhere we go today in this month, January, a supernatural month for, for impartations. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. God bless you.